0: I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. Today we are going to continue the series, uh, The Armor of God. We're going to be looking at the breastplate of righteousness. And um, because today's topic is, can kind of be on the heavy side, we're going to be talking about, you know, the tax, and we're going to talk about sin, we're going to talk about sin, we're going to talk about a bunch of those things. I thought maybe we'd just start this morning with a little bit of levity um, and show you just a kind of a fun little picture that uh, my friends at Download Youth Ministry made. Um, and a little reminder— the armor of God is no pants. Um, so when, uh, when you need a little break, then you could just remember and think about that for a little bit, I, I guess. Um, so that's uh, for us to, uh, to spend uh, time this morning. We are going to seriously, though, unpack the, uh, the breastplate of righteousness this morning. And so I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Ephesians chapter 6 we're going to read it. It's not going to be on the screens this morning. We're going to ask if you could turn in your Bibles, um, or use your app, or however you're going to look at it. If not, just you can just kind of listen as, as I read it. Uh, before I read it, just to give you just a really quick um, snapshot of the book of Ephesians. Paul is writing this letter to a church. The first half of it is really heavy theology and content and really rich stuff, the first half of the book. The second half He takes basically what he was just talking about or teaching and kind of like this is how then you practically live it out This is um, just some of that advice based on what I just told you So we get to the end of the book He's kind of written all of this great stuff and he starts Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 with the word finally Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the full armor of God That you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13 says, Therefore, so since I've just told you that, therefore take up the full armor of God. That you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, verse 14 says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me, real quick. God, as we gather this morning, as we open up your word and as we open up our hearts and our minds, God, I ask that you will just um, allow us to hear your truth this morning. God, that we'll be motivated, encouraged um, to put on the breastplate of righteousness. God, I just thank you for our time together, we ask all of this in your name. Amen. So here's what I'd like to do this morning. I'd like to kind of ask and then answer three questions. Those questions would be, what is breastplate of righteousness? So we'll talk a little bit about that. Why do we need it? And then how do we use it? And so let's start with what is a breastplate. Well, um, a, a picture on the screen will show you uh, what we would um, all be able to pretty much identify as a breastplate. Um, this, is a, this is one that—there's different pieces of metal um, that have been put together, kind of sewn together. Oftentimes, soldiers would use um, animal hooves or even horns. Um, they would make it as, as strong as they could because um, they were looking to protect— there themselves, right? Um, sometimes it was um, one piece of metal that would have been hammered into shape of the soldier's body. Um, this would have been someone who was, uh, had a little bit more money that was able to afford such an elaborate piece of, of armor. Um, but, but what we, we see is, is kind of this piece that Paul— who would have been very familiar with breastplates um, Paul had been arrested several times and In fact, while he's writing Ephesians, he's in prison um, He even, at, when in one imprisonment, is chained to a soldier um, around the clock And so he would have really some first-hand knowledge of armor and, and of breastplates And so I think with that knowledge, he then takes that image And he draws this parallel to our spiritual armor so he takes something that's very real and very practical and he says, I'm going to now tell you about something that is also very real but it's very spiritual. I think if we were today, we, we would look, I, I brought with me um, a bulletproof vest uh, put here on, on the mannequin. So I'm going to need one volunteer real quick. I'm kidding, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> like in all three services, not one person was like, ooh, I'll do that, I don't know what you need, but yeah. No, but, but this is, again, you're probably familiar with this. You would look at that and without me telling you what it is or what it's for, would be able to identify that. And, and so the, you asked the, the, that question, you know, kind of the, the what I- is it? Well, it was a piece of armor, whether you're talking about ancient Roman soldiers or today are police officers, that would wear that vest or that breastplate for obvious reasons. It protects the heart and the lungs and the intestines and other vital organs. And so Paul is is doing just that, just saying, look, these are the important pieces of our body. We need protecting. The same is true for us spiritually. So this morning, I wanna to suggest to you that the breastplate of righteousness, if we're comparing where it is and what it's protecting, it would protect our hearts and our minds. Now, you might, you might look at me right now and say, hey, um, Todd, that doesn't protect your mind, because it stops here. And that's a really good point. And so I kind of thought the same thing, and I, I kind of had to do a little bit of, of research. And it's interesting, that in ancient Jewish thinking, the heart represented the mind and the will. So your heart that's located here represented your mind and your will. And, and the vowels in some translations, um, or we, we would say our guts, represented emotions or feelings. Well, that makes sense, right? When we're really worried about something, where do we feel the discomfort? It's not usually here in our head. It's, we go, oh, I'm really nervous. It makes sense. It's, that's where our emotions are. When somebody gives us really devastating news, we say things like it took our breath away, or it was like a punch in the gut. And so we would go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, that that piece of armor or a breastplate would protect this area, would protect our heart and our mind, our, our will, our emotions, and our feelings is interesting, because I'm, I'm almost confident, I'm very confident, that as Paul was writing these words, as he was writing them, as people were hearing them, they would have remembered almost immediately Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, when it tells us this, to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So now that we understand the what it is and what it's there to protect, you would ask, well, why? Why should I wear that? And I would say this to you this morning, that our mind and our emotions are two areas where Satan most fiercely attacks us as believers. Now, we just read the the words that Paul wrote. The final word, be strong in the Lord, in might, in his power. Put on the full armor of God. He skips down, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy. And then after the battle, you will stand firm. This idea, this image of a battle is not only found in Ephesians. and in, in fact, in 1 Peter 5.8, it says this, Stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. In John 10, Jesus is speaking, and he says, "The thief's purpose it's to steal and to kill and to destroy." And so what we have is, is we have this very real, very intense, very violent battle that we are involved in. And as followers of Jesus, we are engaged in this battle. I also think that part of the battle, the battle plans, if you will, from our enemy will consist of knowing that God wants for us to live for him, right? Like that's obvious. God wants that for us. He wants us to follow him and to love him and to live righteously. And so Satan is going to attack there. There. It's interesting because there's some, some language Some of you may be familiar with this And some of you may not be And I'm not meaning to insult anyone's intelligence But there's three kinds of righteousness In the scriptures There's self-righteousness We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that we, we, we are clear that that's not at all what Paul's talking about You know, self-righteousness is that fake You know, I'm going to stand up I'm going to pray louder pray, uh, Sing louder, sing better right? I, and, and look like I'm a better Christian Than everyone else in the room We're not talking about that there's imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness is given to us the moment we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and we acknowledge him as our Savior and Lord and we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. In that moment, we become a Christian. In that moment, we are given righteousness. We are declared righteous before a Holy Father. It's by the blood of Jesus that we have given access. We we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's a gift from God. But see, then once that happens, once we enter into a relationship with Jesus, what he wants from us is to live for him, to live holy lives, to live righteously. Let me me put it this way. Those of you who are parents in the room, when you have a child... The child is your child, has your name, and you want things for that child. You want that child to obey you, do the things that you ask him or her to do. But if your child's anything like my kids, and if your kids are anything like I was when I was a kid, or like you were as kids, we don't always do that, right? We don't always listen to our parents. We don't always follow their direction. We don't always obey them. The good news is we don't ever stop being their kids. The bad news is that sometimes that disobedience can cause a strain on the relationship. And so when God, after God gives us this imputed righteousness and after he declares us righteous, He then says, listen, what I want for you is to follow me, to love me, to live for me, to be in a relationship, a close, real, intimate relationship with me. And so that's why Paul tells us to put on this armor, so we're protected, so we can be close to our Father. And the enemy knows that that's what he wants, and so he attacks us. And the the attacks are relentless, and they come after our hearts and after our minds. And so let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. You think about, like, attacking our hearts and minds, attacking our emotions and, and the things that we, we, we feel, uh, that if, we, if, if Satan can get us to think the wrong things, if he can get us to feel the wrong emotions, then, then he's winning. And, and, and I, I wonder, you know, again, this is not new. This is not like, oh, yeah, that's, I've never experienced that. Right? Because let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been in a disagreement with someone or been in a fight or been angry at someone? Because you misunderstood what was said. Anybody? Yeah, I have. Right, like you sent a text to someone and they're all of a sudden they're mad and they're not talking to you. You're like, why are, you, why are they not talking to me? And you ask them, and they're like, well, I can't believe you said that. And you're like, oh, that's not that's what I said. Or that's not what I meant. But when Satan gets us to think the wrong things and feel the wrong emotions, then he causes dissension amongst us and our relationships are wounded. Um, th- th- this happens to me. It happens to me all the time. It happens to all of us. Um, it, let me just tell you that real quick. So my, I have an aunt. Uh, my aunt Judy is the best. Um, we call her an icon in our family. Like, we just love her. We think she's amazing. And, uh, but, but my aunt, as, as big as her heart is and as amazing as she is, she's not great at texting. And um, um, she still believes that LOL— um, she believes that that means lots of love instead of laugh out loud, um, which has caused some is- interesting issues over the years. The very first time that I got that message from her, I, I was just been in a car accident. Um, and I'm in a hospital and I get a text from her that says, Todd, oh my gosh, I heard you were just in a car accident. LOL. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of monster? would send that message right but it's my aunt like it's like my aunt i love her so i don't even like go like what in the world right i just i just let it go just kind of pretend it doesn't bother me to pretend it didn't hurt and then like months later we're with family and my cousins go man can you believe mom still thinks lol means lots of love and i was like oh that's what that message meant right but that happens to us all the time and if it can happen with our relationships that we have, our friendships within our families, can it happen in the church? Right? The last night that Jesus was on earth, he prayed for us, and he prayed that we would be one, that we would be unified. Do you not think Satan wants to attack that? And so in churches, if he can get you to be upset with that person, if he can think, oh, that person doesn't like me, and start to feel all these emotions, think bad things, and cause divisions in God's church— So, more often than not, we find ourselves in conflict. We have to be wearing the breastplate of righteousness and protecting our hearts and our minds. But it's not just relationally, it's not just within the church. Satan wants to cloud our, our, our minds with false doctrine and false principles and false information that will mislead and confuse us. It's the exact same thing he did to Eve in Genesis chapter 3. Remember when he, when he slithers up to her and, and she's thinking about eating that fruit and he goes, did God really say that? And Eve begins to question God's word. And see, if you, can be, if you start to question God's word, if you start to question God's promises, it inevitably leads you to a place where you're questioning God's love for you, his faithfulness, which would cause distance between us. I think there's one more area where this shows up. And, and it, it, it doesn't even have to do with, 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 like, okay, so it has, there's us, like our friendships, there's us within the church, there's us how we view God and our relationship with Him, but I, I think there's a, another one that happens and it's how we interact with those who aren't part of God's church. Right, our family and our friends who, who aren't Christians. See, because there's times where we say one thing, but then we do something else, and, and I, I believe that hurts us. And I, I believe that hurts our testimony. And, and, and in fact, one of my favorite authors, Brendan Manning, says this. It's quote. It's amazing. He says the single, um, the, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips. And walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So Paul was begging the Christians in Ephesus to put on the armor of God. This morning I stand here and I say the same thing for myself for you. Let's put on the breastplate of righteousness. So I would say this, Then we know what it is. We know why we should wear it. Let me, uh, let me close with this thought, the, the how, right? How, how do we wear it? And before I go too far down that road, I just want to pause real quick, because maybe you're here today, and, uh, and you've not been to that point where you've invited Jesus into your life, and you've asked him to forgive you, and you've entered into a relationship with him. Or maybe you're watching online and you're you're just like, ah, I've I've not ever done that. Well, I would say this, that before you can put on the breastplate of righteousness, Jesus wants you first to enter in that relationship with him. This armor that God gives us, it really is one of those things that happens after we become a Christian. And so as, as we think about the how, Right? As we think about the, that, that piece, I, I want you, again, if you're here and you're kind of like, I don't know, man, before you leave, I would encourage you to talk to someone. We have people right up front. If you're watching online, you can just put a comment in and someone will reach out to you. But today may be the day where you make that decision to take that step of faith and to follow him for the rest of your life. And so, if that's you this morning, I just want I, I just pray that you'll do that. And and, um, and again, you can reach out to us or or, or come up front afterwards. Um, but as we think about how you and I, how we put this on, I, I for me, and, and maybe I'm just too concrete of a thinker, but I just wish that there were this like a real thing, right? Like like that, like a real physical armor like imagine like, you know, we, we say a prayer and, and we, we become a Christian and then like in two days, Amazon Prime drops off a box and it's like full of armor and it's like, hey, you've become a Christian. Here's your stuff you have to wear. And then like, like we'd wear it and like I'd come to church and I would have it on and you'd have it on and we'd be like, and then like if I came to church one day and I wasn't wearing it, you'd be like, Todd, where's your, where's your breastplate? And I'd go, oh, I forgot it. And I'd run back home and I'd put it on, right? Like we'd be able to help each other out. Because if you think about it, like if a soldiers who were going off to war, like they're all marching, and, and imagine, like, they're, you know, there they are, they're marching, and they're heading towards the battle, and that guy looks over and is like, hey, um, Bob, you don't have your, your breath. And he'd be like, oh, and he'd run home because it's like I'm, not, like, I'm not going into battle without it. It's too dangerous. But every day, every day we have the, like, it's almost, it's possible every day we would wake up and go into battle and not put it on. And so for me, if it was just part of my routine, I, I'd get up, i brush my teeth, I'd get a shower, I'd get dressed, i put on my armor, i grab some breakfast, and i head out the door. and be like, that would just be, it would be easy. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And so I want to give you three things that maybe will help you put on the armor. The, the first one is this, get into church. I realize I'm talking to a room full of people who walked into church. I get it. And that, that's not a slight to anybody watching online. Like maybe you had something going on today. What I mean here's what I mean today. Get into church. God of the universe sent His Son to die on a cross to give us a relationship with Him. I don't believe He wants our churchness to be one day a week for an hour. I think he wants us to be involved I think he wants us to be helping one another I think he wants to see if somebody's Not wearing their breastplate to go hey can I help you Can I walk with you through this Get into church Do you know right now that there's a whole bunch Of little kids downstairs And there's adults down there Who are changing diapers and wiping noses And sharing the gospel of Jesus With little kids Maybe that's where you can plug in on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, we have student ministry, and you might say, hey, I'm, I like love kids, I love teenagers, I'd love to come and, and play those silly games with you guys and, and tell them about Jesus. Maybe it's in a men's ministry or a women's ministry or a small group, but I'm asking you to, to get into it. The second thing I would say is, is get into the word. A good friend of mine, the church he goes to where he's on staff, their senior pastor always says, get into the word until the word gets into you. Man, I love that. Like that's good. That's where we find more about who God is and how much he loves us. We don't want to base what we know about God but what we think about God. We want to get into the word until the word gets into us. And then the last thing I would say is get into prayer. And again, listen, my heart, it, it doesn't mean just like that prayer you say real quick before you're, you're, you sit down to eat. Or at night when you just kind of say, Thanks God for a great day. Or even in your hour of desperation. It's a real on your knees, heart wide open, talking to the God of the universe. Get into prayer. This morning, I want to challenge you as we leave here with just two quick things. The next steps, they're in your program, will be on the screen. I, I think that these two things will, will help you, right? It will maybe help you go, okay, I need to get those three things, and I need to do that, I need to get my armor on. The first one is Memorize Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And So maybe as you're memorizing that, you start to go, you know what, that's really true. And I need to protect my heart. And then the second one would be this. It's just a prayer that I wrote and you can change it, make it your own, take out what you don't like, put in what you do. It says this, um, if you pray this every morning, Lord, I want to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Through this, I will guard my heart and my emotions and I will not allow my heart to attach itself to anything that is impure. I will set it on what is right and good and just. This morning, I ask you one more time, would you consider every day, putting on the armor of God. Let me pray. God, we just thank you so much. And God, moments ago we joked about what it would be great if this box showed up on our front step after we made a commitment and stepped into a relationship with you. And God, the reality is, is that it happens even faster. God, that those tools that you give us We thank you so much this morning for them. God, we ask that this week we will be able to to do just that, that we will be able to guard our hearts, to wear the breastplate of righteousness, to protect ourselves from the attacks from the enemy. God, we thank you so much for this morning and for this chance to be here. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you are able, to stand as we sing one last song this morning. It's a great reminder of how we fight this battle. So I'm going to ask you if you would stand as we close our service this morning.